On this week's general admission, Brett and I kick it off with our thoughts on the new Jack White and Papa Roach albums, as well as other music news. We've also got a great interview with Brian Perino of the band Grin and Bear, where we talk about their new album, his songwriting process, and how it shaped his outlook on life. On the back half of the episode, in honor of its 20th anniversary, we break down Taking Back Sunday's legendary album, Tell All Your Friends, and we finish up with a voicemail that gets us talking about our heavier music tastes. Okay, let's go. Okay, we're here. It is week five of the podcast. Congrats to us on doing this for more than a month. <laughs> it's more than I stick to it. most things. <laughs> <laughs> we did it and many more months to come because this is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so week five, we're going to get into some stuff. We got a nice interview ready for everyone at the halfway point. But um, to kick it off, let's talk about the new albums of the week. Uh, Brett. You want to start it off? Um, your pick, where where we go first, because there's two big ones that we were talking about. No, uh, I feel the same about both of them, but let's uh let's kick it off with Jack White. All right, Jack White. Um, what was the album called? I I'm not even sure of the name. Just been calling it Jack White's new album. Is it Fear the Dawn? Fear the Dawn. Well, or is fear... that just the song I, I'm like obsessed with? It is no Fear of the Dawn. You're of the dawn. There Ooh, it is. Ominous. Um, yeah, this was a cool album. It was very white stripesy, obviously. It's Jack White. Um, I thought it was cool. His guitar playing is like off the hook. He's using it some crazy pedals and like it's very fuzzy and like he does some stuff that I don't hear a lot of people do. Um, what were your first thoughts on it? So I wasn't, I remember not being crazy about his last album. I feel like he tried to experiment a lot on it, but this one seemed like him getting back to his root, his white stripes roots. And he just rocked out and it was just like, I was sitting there just smiling, listening to, listening to it. Cause like I grew up loving the white stripes and it was like everything a white stripes fan would want to hear in 2022. Like it was that good. He shredded the songs went hard. And honestly, it's like probably the release of his that I've been looking for since he put out I think it was his first solo album with Lazaretto on it. Uh, That's my favorite yeah. solo song of his. Yeah. But it's it like, was, an al- this, this is like an album full of Lazarettos, though, and I loved it. It was super cool. It definitely gave me like old school um, Jack White vibes, like White Stripes and everything. Um, I liked how... the first of two albums coming out, too. Oh, so it's like a double album, but not a double album. Yeah. Next one's a <laughs> folk album, I believe. So it'll be his folkier side. Ooh, I kind of like that. He keeps it keeps it separate. Because I guess if you had like a heavy guitar album like he does, and then just like every other track, there's a folk song, it might kind of disrupt the flow. Um, like I disrupted your flow with your answer before. <laughs> <laughs> when you hicked me. <laughs> Brett likes to just shout my name, but calling me hick. And it always throws me off every time but I love it. Um, and it's not like an insult. It's because when we did a project in college, Nick was a fake reporter named Hick Nodge instead of Nick Hodgen. So <laughs> that's, right. that's the roots of that one. Not, yes. not an insult. <laughs> no, I interviewed myself with some clever camera work and 
was not the assignment, <laughs> but I think the teacher was just too stunned to uh, to give me a bad grade because it was such a ridiculous premise. It was, <laughs> it was that creative. <laughs> the things I'll do to go out of, <laughs> to get out of doing actual work is <laughs> probably way more work. But uh, back to fearing the dawn, fear of the dawn. What I thought was really cool that he did was I was playing this album and uh, my friend Mike was listening to it and he's like, oh, I know this song called Taking Me Back. It's the first song on the album and he listens to a lot of radio. So I learned that this song was the single and it's been out for, I don't know, a few weeks, whatever, whenever singles come out. But, what you know, so I didn't know that was out. Yeah, well, definitely you didn't know. <laughs> you wouldn't have listened to it. <laughs> I'm just going to like try and trick you into listening to singles it's like it'll be like i'm rickrolling you but making you listen to actual songs hiding a qr code like the rise <laughs> against video <laughs> yeah exactly or i'll be like your mom is calling and has a very important message that you need to hear and i'll just like <laughs> blast the new the new single in your ears um new silver scene uh are they do um hold on we're getting <laughs> very sidetracked <laughs> getting sidetracked <laughs> The first song, Taking Me Back, was the single. But what he did was this song seamlessly goes into the second song. It's kind of the same riff. So you just get like two more minutes of it. So you know the single, but if you actually listen to the album, there's more to the song that you didn't know about. So I thought that was kind of a cool idea. And those last two minutes are insane. Like Fear of the Dawn is probably easily my favorite song. I just kept hitting repeat on like over and over again on friday because it's probably the hardest he's gone in a really long time on a song yeah i think i said whoa quite a few times listening to that one and then there was like as soon as he starts soloing in the middle there was one towards the halfway point maybe a little further towards the end maybe it was this reprise it was very spacey and like stonerish and i thought it was super cool um i wish it was the reprise yeah that probably makes sense because that's what reprises tend to do is just like expand on the the instrumental side of a song but um yeah i enjoyed this album i don't know that i'd really go back to it too much though um and that probably just has more to do with me than anything um it was cool uh the songs were good the guitar playing was awesome but i think it's just not what i'm looking for personally when i Something about it. I don't know if I'm just more lyric driven and that's what keeps me coming back to specific albums, but um, I was still glad I listened to it and I'll definitely come back to a couple songs, but it wasn't getting, it didn't get the most play of the week for me. No, I hear you. Like I was definitely more drawn to instrumentals on this one, but I still think it's going to be in my rotation for a while just because I can put it on when I'm working and he just... True shred away in the background while i work that's a good point and (laughs) also i would love i would love to see it live like i would go see him live and not be super familiar with his songs and i mean i've done that in the past i saw him at uh oh i was kind of telling you this off air i saw him at govball a few years ago or probably like 10 years ago at this point um and he played uh um what the hell is it called i'm drawing a blank right now What's like the song? Seven Nation Army. Yes, thank you. And um, the crowd kept doing the oh, 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 oh. And 
the song ended and he wanted to play other songs and the crowd would just not stop doing it. And he was kind of getting frustrated. Like, guys, please stop. I want to play more songs. And you're just like thousands of people just in unison would not stop because everyone's probably like hammered. It was the end of the night and they just <laughs> were relentless singing Seven Nation Army. It was so funny. The show ended. Everyone's leaving. They're still singing it. I, uh, I crack up every time because it was just no no one would stop <laughs> but um i would love to see him live i'd love to see him do all this live i think it would be very cool he's near the top of my list to see live now and it's it's kind of crazy how that song seven nation army just became like this huge anthem because like, i remember like it was just like this weird like music videos on mtv when it first came out and now it's heard in like every single like sports stadium around the world like there's soccer chants in europe they do it here for football games. They do it here for hockey and basketball games. It's, I'm sure he's like, why did this song get so big? And like, <laughs> it's like haunting him now. I'm sure he hates it. He's got, he's were got like asking about it, but <laughs> he's got to. It's, it's one of those things where you can start that chant anywhere and people are going to know it. They might not even know where it came from. They're going to know how that goes. It's almost like he wrote like a, a riff or like a melody, like way bigger than him. Like, I feel like this existed well before Jack White. He just kind of like but he blew it up. <laughs> yeah, he like pulled it out of thin air or something. He had a spiritual experience and like this riff just needs to exist in the world. <laughs> it's yeah, that's it's something. So I'm I'm looking just for fun on Spotify. So it has over a billion listens. And I don't really <sighs> see too many songs that have a billion listens. <laughs> a billion. The Billy Club? A billion, the 1.39 billion. Wow. Wow. We should um, we should look into one week, like, the most played songs on Spotify. I'd be very curious. I mean, someone's got to have the crown. It would be, like, Taylor Swift or something. I don't, I don't know. Her or Drake, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, that information's definitely out there. If we had a producer, he or she could look it up right now. But we don't have a producer. If you're so... interested in producing, send us an email. <laughs> yeah <laughs> please i want emails i want voicemails we get them but we get them as texts i want a stranger if you're listening to this and you don't actually know us please send us a voicemail it would be the most exciting thing to ever happen in the last five weeks of podcasting not um, that we mind hearing from friends but it's nice to be able to hear from some new friends oh, yeah well said brett very well said um, so the other album this week was Papa Roach, Ego Trip, which, oh, wait, Brett, did you want to talk about the album cover? Because I remember you telling me for Fear of the Dawn that you really like. I feel like it's definitely thing. worth its own topic on another episode, but I did love the album art. I think it's probably one of my favorite album covers I've seen in a while. It's yeah. up there with like Homesick and probably like a Three Cheers, My Can. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's just this, <clears throat> it's this guy in suspenders kind of looks like, like a dude in the fifties who just got out of work. I mean, I guess, is it supposed to be Jack White? I don't really know. Um, standing, it is, right? I guess so. Yeah, probably. Jack White probably just looks like a dude from the fifties. If I had to, <laughs> I had to guess. Um, yeah. He's standing among like all this like broken wood could be like driftwood or something. And then the moon is very full. Dawn is probably right around the corner there's like a cadillac behind him it's pretty cool uh, we should it's definitely go down trees uh, yeah 
we should go down uh like our favorite album covers yeah at some point so i was saying i think we could do our whole deep dive into that yeah maybe yeah, even absolutely. with a guest Ooh, yeah if we find an album artist that'd be a good one. Oh, that's a great idea um see we're brainstorming over the episode now. yeah <laughs> that's how it's done <laughs> a little behind the scenes um speaking of cool album covers i thought the pop roach album cover was very cool also this ego trip cover it's like a giant ant in a field there's some windmills or like a ferris wheel in the background and like it just a says, carnival behind it i've been trying to figure it out <laughs> I, I think carnival sounds good because that definitely looks like a ferris wheel and then maybe some sort of roller coaster um yeah it's trippy looking which i guess is what they were going for if i'm guessing off the name I think you nailed it. Um, I liked this album way more than I expected. I did not think I was I was gonna like it too much, and um, specifically the back half. So the, it's kind of funny because this doesn't happen too often. The first half of the album, I don't really care for, to be honest. Like it's it's a lot of rapping, and um, like the single swerve isn't. I don't like love too much, but when you get to dying to believe and on. It's awesome. I've been listening from track eight to the end like a ton of times this whole week. Um, the song Leave a Light On. I didn't know Jacoby could sing like that. It's I didn't either. Really good. It gave me um, uh, Brent from Shinedown vibes at points. Ooh, that's a good comparison. Yeah, I I actually checked. I'm like, is he featured on this? But no, it's just Jacoby who like, I don't know if they have other slower songs that I just never heard, but I've never heard him sing like that, and I was very impressed. Um, yeah, this the back half of this album is is very good. I would highly recommend just going to track eight and listening to the end. Starting from there. Yeah, right around there, Dying to Believe. Because, I, I mean, I would like to just start at Leave a Light On, but I like to kind of, like, build some anticipation for myself to get to the <laughs> get to the song I really like. Um, but they're all good. Um, the rap rock works pretty well. Um, it's definitely more rock heavy on the back half. But yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. I've been listening to it a ton and they're going to be at this festival I'm going to. So it's like a, a double a double dip. Yeah. Anytime I could listen to a band that I know I'm going to see and genuinely be into them is always a nice surprise. Papa Roach. 2022 crazy <laughs> did you like it brett what what are... so i feel like we're we're pretty aligned here although i do like kill the noise from the front yeah i do for oh, some true. reason like swerve even though i know it's like it is bad rapping <laughs> but there's something like catchy about it that i like um but honestly like this is probably the most i've liked a papa roach album since they put out like metamorphosis in 2009 the one that had like life flying on it oh yeah yeah and that's a while ago because <laughs> they've been weird with their like last couple of albums like they've gone like a, tried to do like electrical music and they definitely have tried to experiment but it hasn't really worked so it seems like they kind of went back to what they know they're good at on this one yeah and i think they nailed it like i who i would have never guessed i'd be liking a papa roach album this much in 2022 yeah. They're like a big high school band for me, but that they kind of faded a little bit. But this one, I'm like enjoying like every second of it, especially the back half. Like I think No Apologies is like one of the best songs they've done as a band. 
I know that's oh, yeah. a bold statement, but that was probably my favorite off the album. Yeah, it was, that was a great one. Um, yeah, I thought it was interesting you mentioned the electronics because it's you hear them on this, but not not crazy. It just kind of like helps to emphasize some breakdowns or uh, things like that. And I they thought, sprinkled it in. They didn't like douse you in it. Yeah, exactly. Like they they did a really good job of of using it to complement the album instead of being like the focal point. Because I I bet a lot of these bands like when they found the electronic stuff they just wanted to do as much with it as they could because it was new, and exciting. But I think they used it they used it very well. Yeah, who knew? I was I I honestly I got through the first half and I I stopped. And then the next day I went back to it, but I started at the halfway point and I'm so glad I did. No, the second half is definitely like a lot better. Like you can pretty much skip like Liar, Ego Trip and Unglued, but then like Dying to Believe through I Surrender are all good songs. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just the second side of the the record. Just keep it there. And there's like um, something about like his rapping I like. Like I know he's like it's like an insult to rap, but at the same time, it's great for who the band is, if that makes any sense at all. It, but <laughs> it does, because I was thinking that too. Like, not that it's like an insult, but I know what you mean, where you hear him rapping and you're like, this isn't like you want to say, like, I don't know if he's not supposed to <laughs> would be the right phrase. That's kind of like aggressive, but that's what that's who Papa Roach is. Like Papa Roach has been, they've been rapping since the beginning. It's just part of their His last resort. Yeah. So I don't know. I think at first it is a little maybe jarring, but I I I liked it. I thought they I thought they did a good job. I'm excited to see it and live. It made me that yep, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I was gonna say this album makes me want to see them live again. Cause like they are, they've always had, they always, let me try that one more time. I'm like stumbling over my words here. I'm so excited about this album, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but like they're a phenomenal live band, but I haven't seen them in a really long time, but I would put them up there with like green day as far as bands, how they play live. Oh wow. Like they sound even better live and they're great musicians and it comes out in their live shows more than on their albums. So if they're touring around here, like I wouldn't mind going to see them. I know yeah. they played like the summer stage a couple of years ago, but I don't know what their plans are for this year. Yeah, I know they're, I mean, they put out an album, they're on this festival. I'd imagine they're, they're touring. And if not, they probably have one planned for the fall. Like a fall or, tour, maybe. Yeah. Please be fall. I can't fit more. That's what I'm hoping. Like. <laughs> trying to put that into the universe. <laughs> I know. We were talking about um, the Modest Mouse tour during the interview later on. And I remembered why I can't go to that because it's Memorial Day weekend. Like that's yeah. kind of tough. <laughs> I'll be coming go. back from like Arizona that weekend. Yeah. Like we, you know, got plans with people. I can't just like run off to see Modest Mouse at the Stone Pony. But honestly, I would I would really like to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they, they tour all the time. So it's fine. We'll see them again. Yeah. Um, there was some interesting news that happened this week between Rolling Stone and the Grateful Dead. Did you see this? Did you hear about this? Did no. You see this? <laughs> so. Um, Breaking news to me. So Grateful Dead is, or um, 
what's what's it called um they're not called the grateful dead they have the other name now um is it dead in dead, dead in company? company yes thank yeah. you um so they're like restructuring their contract basically um kind of allowing for like a revolving door the way i understood it like john mayer is not i don't know if he's done completely but he's definitely not locked in or like um an essential member of it anymore but um rolling stone puts out this this article this headline that um dead and company um announced like the end of the band and there won't be any more touring and bob weir and like some of the other guys were tweeting they're like this is news to us are we are we done touring no no one told me so what happened was um my friend at work told me this so you know who knows but um what allegedly happened was rolling stone kind of got the inside scoop of this new contract deal but they misinterpreted it to to think that great that dead and company was done rather than just this iteration of it is done so they jumped the gun with what they thought was a hot tip and got it wrong and yeah that was kind of funny rolling stone do better be right not first (laughs) yeah shout out morano (laughs) (laughs) our journalism professor um maybe it it got me thinking about rolling stone like they really I don't know. Do you do you read them much these days? Not anymore. No, I used to like in high school and college. I had a subscription. That's like, like back when I was like reading like alternative press too. But they both kind of went down the wayside. I yeah. could find like better. Like there's like Broken Vegans, good. Chorus is good. Yeah. Like, there's these sites that you can go to and get all your news from that. Kind of leave out all the. I read a great article. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but um the nonsense the, the, the nonsense BS, the clickbait yeah, yeah. um they i read the same great... band they put the same bands in the cover over and over yeah it's you could it's almost like you don't know who's in control like the way they push some of these bands um like but i read a great article it, hey. on on stereo gum the other day i don't know if they're... that's a good one too the article was great like i'm gonna go back but it was about it was an interview with jewel and her she was talking about like coming up as an artist and like um like uh sexism she had to deal with and like compromise like how people wanted to compromise like her ideas and sell out and like she was very adamant on like not going to a label and getting an advance and like it was super interesting she was is really smart i wound up reading the whole article i was like i don't even know why i clicked it i can't even tell you a jewel song but yeah great article yeah uh, uprocks is good too oh yeah yeah that, so there, there's good music journalism out there it's just not coming from rolling stone anymore which is no. kind of sad but maybe they'll turn it around who knows i think their best days are behind them unfortunately and we missed that whole run of like the 70s and 80s too yeah just go back and read hunter s thompson stuff and like crazy articles they need (laughs) (laughs) okay so uh you want to get into the interview yeah let's grin and bear it to the interview let's do it let's talk to brian okay we now welcome on a very very special guest he is the singer songwriter and face of the heart on your sleeve new jersey band known as Grin and Bear. 
Their new record, Naturally Goes, is available this Friday, April 15th. We are joined now by Brian Perino. You can find him sitting in the back of the line, probably cross-legged, breathing out light, love, and goodness. Brian, thank you so much for coming on. We can't wait to get into the new album with you. Um, just to kick it right off, how does it feel to have all your work of working on this album be coming to a culmination where you can finally share it with the world? That was so thoughtful and sweet. Thank you. <laughs> that was amazing. I couldn't. Oh, like, you're oh my God. Um, it feels, no, it feels really, really good. Um, I'm excited for people to hear it and I'm just really excited to to be able to share it and talk about it, but also just share it and see what people what people think. How long has this album been in the works? Um, do you finish an album and kind of just immediately start writing? Are you always writing? How does it go? Yeah, I'm, al I'm always writing. So <clears throat> when we were in the studio recording Be Gentle, which was in 2019, I was working on the first one or two songs from this one. And so this album has kind of been a writing process that started in 2019 and then maybe took like a six to eight month break at some point. And then in 2020 geared up and became an actual serious project again. <clears throat> was that, it was like a large part of that due to the pandemic, like kind of because everyone was sitting around inside, not able to really go anywhere that got you to dial in in 2020 or was it kind of that was a plan all along? No, there was no specific plan. Um, we in the early 2020, we released Be Gentle and the plan was actually to, we had a tour booked. Um, the plan was actually to kind of explore that as much as we could. We wanted to see if people would like it. We wanted to see if we could kind of expand it out as much as possible. And that immediately did not, was not able to happen, which was okay. Um, so then a friend and I booked an Airbnb in 2020 to just get together and write like separately and together for a little over a week. And during that time, I wrote a majority of this, this one. And so then I decided we, I needed to, yeah, do it. Wow. So you wrote a lot of this album in that Airbnb week run. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's a amazing. lot. Yeah. Um, it was fun. It was cool. So do you, um, do you kind of work on all the lyrics and go from there or is it different for a lot of the songs? Um, for the yeah. most part. Yeah. For the most part, I actually write lyrics and music together. And so I'm usually just playing guitar and whatever comes out, I start to kind of explore a little bit more. And so there are a lot of different renditions of the songs with different lyrics and different melodies and different guitar parts. And then if I have a lyric or something that I really like, then I'll try to explore that more. And sometimes I'll write the lyrics and I'll actually finish out the lyrics and sometimes I'll write the music, but for the most part, they go together. Interesting. Um, yeah. You mentioned when you really like lyrics and you also mentioned Be Gentle. And I noticed on, uh, on Porch on this album, you revisited some of the lyrics from the last album. Um, why, why those lyrics? What, how'd that kind of come to be? Yeah, I've, I love always do that. I That's been one of my favorite things is to continually reference the, the universe of the Grin and Bear lyric universe, um, just because it's fun. Um, I think specifically cross-legged because 
first of all, the initial, when I had first gotten into meditating specifically, um, I went down the be gentle path. And so it was, it was like a, it was a very, it was very much um, a resistance to the way I had lived my life for 26, 25 years, which was with a lot of anger and frustration. And so the meditation had brought me to a lot of those realizations. Now, if you sit long enough, they, all that bad shit that you thought you were getting, that was, you were getting rid of, it comes back and it's still there and it's full force. It doesn't go away. And so this album is revisiting that. Like if you, if you keep sitting cross-legged, the anger, the frustration is going to come back. And, and at the end of that song, that's when I, I say, uh, I just yell, I'm upset that I'm, I'm sitting and I'm practicing and um, I'm still the same, I say. Yeah, when is this going to work? What's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that felt like rose-colored glasses a bit, be gentle, and um, which was necessary. And this feels like, um, oh, that's not going to last forever. Like, I still have to exist in the world and exist as a human. I'm a human first. And so I will feel all of, all of those human emotions. Yeah. I think kind of piggybacking off that, like, I feel like one of the moments that really, like, struck me the most from this new album was Tonglin because that just made me think like so much and it's like such a great message too. So is that kind of like all of the meditation that like you were like you had going on or were thinking about you channel that all into the track you'd say? Yeah. So one, so that is, a, is actually a Tibetan meditation in the, in the Mahayana tradition, which is like, it's, it's a tradition um, that I don't necessarily, I'm not the poster person for so I can't necessarily speak on it as much but it is the tradition of the bodhisattva which is the being who waits to be enlightened until everyone is so basically someone who works on themselves but then spends basically their whole lives um, helping others and so that's a practice breathing in the darkness and breathing out the light is a practice in that tradition to build resilience but also to connect with other people's pain and suffering and connect with their joy too and uh and, and see that we're, we're connected to them anyway that's just a way to actually explore that a little bit more deeply it's such a powerful message you just that pain and suffering are inevitable it's like something you don't really think about but it's true like everyone goes through pain and suffers but some people like to kind of bury that away while others like to face it head on yeah yeah it's interesting because I, I, I mentioned it in that, that I cause, I think I cause myself a lot more suffering trying to create a perfectly pleasurable world. And I still do it. And I think about it all the time and I'm still doing it like every day. Um, and so that type of practice just allows you to experience the real world a little bit more for what it is. It grounds you, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mentioned it earlier, how you're, your music is very hard on your sleeve. It's vulnerable. It's sensitive. And I know we, we live in a world where um, mental health has really kind of taken a front seat lately, which is a wonderful thing. Um, I'd have to imagine, though, that it might still be kind of difficult talking about these things and singing about them, like just putting yourself out there like that. Um, have you found it to be easier with more albums or is it is it something that you you like enjoy? Yeah, um, it's easier to be more honest with more albums. The more that I do it, it's easier to be more honest because I could, I used to be able to uh, fill 
filter a lot more and be honest about the things that everyone else that I already knew was acceptable and like that other people I'd listened to were talking about. But um, it, 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 it's opened up, being able to do it for so long at this point has opened up a little bit more um, liberties for me to be honest about my individual self and not even just necessarily depression and anxiety, but just managing things that traditionally are seen as bad, but we all have, like we're lying about having, like anger and frustration and judgment and, and, and all of this stuff. And, and sometimes a complete lack of empathy um, when someone is suffering right in front of you and you for some reason just can't feel it. And, and other times you can. So I think um, the, the general mental health struggles have been relatively easy to talk about, but the true like honesty about the fact that I have all of the good and all of the shitty qualities of a human uh, talking about that has been the hardest thing for sure. And I'm still, I still only show a little bit of those, you know, not that, yeah. I mean, not that I should be just show, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, but it's an invitation to others. Like it's okay. Like don't, cause it causes so much more talking about causing more suffering. It causes so much more suffering to deny and act like you don't have these things because then you have this little secret where you think you're the worst person at you're the you're a little worse than everyone else because you believe that everyone else doesn't feel any anger or what whatever i'm using that that yeah one, but it could be any yeah yeah and i i appreciate that you and so many artists in uh this genre are are willing to write songs about this kind of stuff because i know as a, a fan and a listener like it, it helps to listen to. And, you know, you, we pick and choose what we want to fill our ears with all day. And to hear you singing, I can handle anything. And me singing along to that, it's a positive thing to be, to be putting out there as I'm going about my day. And it's just, it's a real, it's a real nice addition. Uh, I appreciate it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Liberating in a way. Yeah, that, that was a very conscious choice to stop singing about things um that were not beneficial to me at all <laughs> like because i'm if i'm writing it i'm the one who's sit, it's in my head so much so i'm i'm training myself to form these habits of saying these things like i hate myself or like i hate this job or my friends hate me like those are actual lyrics on <laughs> in, in earlier grin and bear songs and it's like do is that what i want to be saying to myself all the time even if it's true that's not the point like the point is no longer is it truthful. The point is, is it truthful and is it useful? Um, and and yeah. And so, yeah, that was what you just said about just saying I can handle anything. That's exactly the, that's the, yeah, that's the intention for sure. That's great. Uh, the song Bullying, um, I wanted to get into that a little bit. Speaking of um, positive messages, um, how did that song come to fruition? Was that written for someone was it written towards yourself what where did that stem from yeah so the start of that song was actually written in 2016 um i was teaching high school and there was just a minor bullying incident and i realized at that time that i was not comfortable or confident enough with myself that i would be able to be vulnerable enough to talk to my kid that my hypothetical future kid if they were being bullied I literally like I would shut down you know what I'm saying it would be like 
either out of embarrassment or out of personal shame or out of just not a willingness to be vulnerable. And I also knew that they would inevitably be bullied because I'm, I was a very sensitive kid in grammar school, like would cry, you know, you know, just, just like, yeah. it was something where it was like, people noticed very quickly that I was an easy target. So if I had a kid, I have a good feeling they would be an easy target. So the first part of that song was written then, which is the, I can't talk, I will not be able to talk about this. And then on that writer's retreat that I had mentioned in 2020, I found that demo. I listened to it up to about maybe like the one minute mark. And then it was just cut off. It was done. And I was like, oh, I, I actually can talk about it now. And I'm, I want to finish this song. So I finished the song now with how I feel now. And so it still was geared toward my potential future child, but uh, it, it started to morph into, into past me as well, which was helpful. And, and current me. I mean, a lot of the lyrics in there, I still have to say to myself, like, I'm, I'm not on the outside of some conspiracy that everyone's been plotting against me. Because, I, yeah, I still tend to feel like everyone's just kind of fucking with me. It's all but. just a big game. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a great message. Um, and I know I, we were watching the music video, which came out great. Um, it, it Thank looked, you. It looked really good. Um, how, how was... How, how was um, recording that? Um, did you come up with the idea? Did you work with a director? And how was it talking to the kid in the video? Was it awkward or how did that go? Yeah, so, okay, so this is good. I have two great shout outs now. Okay, Chris, I actually, Kunichuk, I think his last name is. He is insane. He's the person who directed the video, who filmed the video, edited it. He did everything. He is incredible. He does every video that, I, that all of my friends do. So he's just like the best. Um, and then Ben was the actor. And so Chris had used him on a separate video that he had been making. And uh, I had approached Chris with the just general idea that it would be me and a kid. It would be kind of like it's my kid, someone who kind of maybe looks like me, just doing normal everyday stuff. And so then the kid came over. He was amazing non-stop talking to me asking me questions none of it was actually a lot of those scenes were I was like okay we're gonna do this and then he would start asking me questions about it and then Chris would just be filming him asking me about what we were gonna do and then we would have the shot and it would be done so like it was so fast it was like three hours of shooting or something wow yeah so it was very good it was not awkward at all. The kid was, I would have been awkward. I was actually really nervous to film, but Ben, the actor, he, he was like amazing. He was like, so um, he just wanted to talk about stuff and was really interesting and fun and very smart. And it was awesome. So yeah, it was great. Follow up question to that, just cause I'm curious. And I know it's like a very simple question, but like, like how surreal is it to like make a music video of like one of your own songs? I feel like that has to be like such a, awesome experience like growing up and making music and actually getting like you know growing up and watching music videos on tv and then now getting to make one of your own and have made them on your own yeah seeing seeing your real music video i mean you can't help but being so i mean i can't help but being so unbelievably self-conscious watching it um like look at me being look like look at it's so like i don't know just it's so it, but yes, generally, it's so exciting and so cool. And it's actually really cool to work with someone who you admire and to have them make, you know, I, 
I was in it, but, but it doesn't look good because of me. Do you know what I mean? So like the fact that it looks good, I'm able to at least separate myself from that and be like, this looks amazing. I'm so happy with this. And it is definitely surreal to see um, a song that I wrote and end a video that I kind of came up with the idea for come to fruition. It's very, very cool. You mentioned on um, social media that you collaborated with so many people on this album and I think it shows as much as it's a grin and bear album, there's, there's tons of different voices going on, um, different instruments. There's, there's so much cool stuff to unpack with, with every listen. Um, who, who were some of the, the collaborators did, was there anyone singing on songs other than you? Were they just band members that were also singing or what, how did that work? Yeah. So right now, really the core of what Grin and Bear is, is me and then primarily our drummer, Chris. Um, he plays drums on, I believe, six of the tracks from this album, maybe maybe seven. Um, and everyone else at this point is just kind of in and out. Uh, the two original Grin and Bear members, Will and Gavin, are in also on songs on this as well, which is really amazing and, and fun. But because of the band is not necessarily together in general, um, everyone's just kind of in and out. But in terms of voices, um, my friend Matt, Matt Baker, his name is, he does solo music as well. He, his voice is all over the album in terms of harmonies. He does sing a solo part in Thinking of You. Gavin, the original bass player um, of Green and Bear, he is, I love his voice and I love his harmonies. His harmonies are all over as well. And he has a solo part in Thinking of You. Um, my friend Nick Timonier, who's in a band called Nameling, well, it's a, it's a solo project who you should really check out. Actually, you will love Nameling. Um, he sings on, um, I can love you so much. Um, Connor from Sentient Moss sings on Bullying. So I actually, on that song, Bullying, I reference two Sentient Moss songs. I have, I say, I say, um, you can be your own best friend, just like Connor says, they have a song. It's not out yet. I thought it was going to be out. They wrote it like three years ago or actually I might be more than that. It's so good. And it's called my own best friend. Uh, and I'm so excited for that to come out. So sentient Moss and their bass player played bass on that song um, as well. That's Nigel. All right. There's just so many people. Yeah. All right, I'm just going to try to, I'm going to try to get, I'll try to get like one or two more in. Okay. What about Steve? Steve Kelly from <laughs> man dancing. Um, Stephen Kelly from man dancing. And I wrote, we actually wrote the whole song of that together like in the same room writing it and then we wrote uh that's make everyone feel bad it's called and we wrote letters back and forth to each other for like three or four months um and we used lyrics from letters that we wrote each other so what i'm singing a lot of the time on that song is from letters that he wrote to me like his his words and then what he's singing is is has been derived from things that i've written to him as well that's so cool um and that was really fun um the song Grip, I have worked with Faye Fatum, who is Trust Fonozu. And she uh, she does electronic music and she sings. She plays real drums on it. She programmed all of the electronic drums and all the synths and everything as well. Um, and then oh, one more, one more. Uh, Orion, um, Orion Lake. I, her name is Christina. She sings backup vocals. Her voice is so beautiful on Thinking of You. There are definitely more <laughs> and i don't if I, if they come up later i'm just gonna say them uh, but, but but yes i apologize i just overloaded with information 
is it um so you just named all these people and said there's there's even more um so you said before you generally write the song so is it difficult at first to let other people in and have their influence added how, how does that go it's so it's so hard yeah it's so it's hard but in the best way the, the my my introduction into this was with the album be gentle that we on that album we got so many people to work with it and it was called be gentle so i i had to kept checking myself when i would get it was the perfect <laughs> it was the perfect thing because while i was dealing with people i was like oh my god i Imagine the guy who writes the album Beach Gentle is just an <laughs> controlling <laughs> asshole on these songs. And so it was almost it was almost part too good that I had that 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 was already called that. <clears throat> so it was really difficult. But I don't invite people to play on the album that I don't love, either as a person or musically or both. And so whatever comes out of their brain, as long as it feels like they they worked hard on it, which always feels that way, I love it. You know, and, and sometimes we go back and forth and, and we do adjustments. Some of like Will, when Will works on songs, he'll send me like three options because he knows like he knows that if he sends me three options, I will love at least one of them and maybe even several. And we'll have to do a combination. Um, Nigel, who plays bass on one song, he'll come with a brilliant idea and then he'll be like at every part of it okay we can change this if you want we could like he's just so <laughs> attentive kyle uh donovan from halogens played bass on put me in the back of the line he like wanted to write it in front of me because he, he wanted to like make sure that that like i felt it so we demoed it together and that was he added so much to that song george from halogens played drums on put me in the back of the line we actually wrote the second half of that song together as well um and we gave he gave I gave him quite a bit of liberties on it too, because I just trust him. Yeah. Wow. So yes, it's very hard, but I trust <laughs> everyone and it makes it way more like, who cares if I, who cares if I get to control every part of a song? Like, it's just not the point. It's yeah. Yeah. Almost like you're a movie director in a way, like in addition, like being the writer kind of. Yeah. And, and at this point, people kind of know what to expect, too. It's like uh, now uh, because this is kind of the second album that we've done this way. It's like someone's already seen the style you, you perform in. So they, they're kind of playing to that and ma matching it with their own strengths. So what, what's the plan live with all these moving parts and different contributors? I actually, we're still sorting that out. We only have one show. We're only going to do one show for the next like long while where it's full band. And um, that's going to be June, June 4th, the release show. The Saint? In Asbury Park at yeah. the Saint. Yeah. So that's going to be full band. I know for a fact that we've got, we're getting, we're having, we have a couple drummers coming. We have, I think we have three different drummers for that show. Um, uh, we might shift a couple bass players, but that's about it. I think we're going to try to keep it simple um but also have fun and in invite the people who played on it to play if they want because that just makes it more exciting even if it's not as tight but not that we're that yeah i'm sure it'll be great i uh, i cleared my schedule i'm very excited for that weekend <laughs> good good it's exciting sort of like allows you like kind of give the songs like even more new takes too like as you perform them live like kind of like how songs kind of take on a life of their own once they start getting played in front of people 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We change. We change so much when we play them live, just for fun, just because it's exciting. Like for me, like already some of the parts on songs are so boring because I, not boring isn't the word, but just so um, I've just heard them so many times that like there are a lot of things that people like never hear us play the normal version of some songs live because by the time we're playing it live for the first time, it's like three years old. And so we're just like we want to mess around with it and play fun, fun parts and and just make it as exciting as we can. So are a lot of the guitar parts you or is that other members, too? Because there's some great, great riffs and like like the instrument instrumentals on this album are equally as good to me as the lyrics and i think that's why it comes together so well thank you for saying that that's i don't ever feel that way i feel like i'm just trying to make passable music that i can sing over not even because my voice is good either (laughs) like i'm just trying to make my voice passable as well so that i can get the lyrics like it's because it's just always been about the lyrics for me but uh thanks so thank you so much for saying that it's it's mostly me on guitar um there's one insane riff that you can obviously tell is not me. It's someone who's very good at guitar uh, in I Can Love You So Much. That's Connor from the from Sentient yeah. Moss. He's shreds. His, yeah. <laughs> if you want to hear him shred, listen to the band Sentient Moss. They are insane. Um, there is uh, the other guitar in the song Porch. All of the lead guitar parts are Will, who wrote the lead guitar to Cross-Legged. That's why we have the Cross-Legged riff play in uh Mm -hmm. in porch as well and i think i believe and i may be wrong oh sorry there's one more matt baker plays a riff uh at the end of thinking of you and i believe that that's it for the guitars the basses were like all a lot of bass (laughs) players but for guitars it's almost always me because that that is when you're the one writing the songs that is the easiest thing to like you do and then you can open up the floor in the other departments and then adjust the guitars around those things as well um so 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 that that's been been really helpful yeah even the drums are great on this too like i was just talking to nick before this call like how great the drums towards the end of grip were like it just like made me in my head like how great like that outro was once that, i kick in that's Faye. she is she is do you do you ever listen to the band uh thank you scientist no but i will now okay she used to <laughs> play drums in them she plays drums in sentient moss as well um and then she has trust fund ozu she is top notch like like every drummer on this album is like insane i play drums on one song so except cool. except me every drummer on this album is is insane so sick so i mean I'm, were... I'm so humble and lucky to to have that those friends you say there weren't any drums i didn't like so i think you're selling yourself a little short there <laughs> you didn't notice that's good <laughs> well, you mentioned uh the song grip which was such a a cool like step outside the box of the album but it still feels like cohesive with the album um did you want to make a song that was a little different or did that kind of just happen i more so it wasn't that i purposely wanted to make the song different it was that i wanted to do a song with Faye because she's my friend and i think she's insanely talented and i love her music um and so then eventually it came to the point where we were talking one day about the song and I was like, can we just make it a 50, 50, uh, grin and bear and an electronic song. And she was like, yes, let's, let's do that. And so then she kind of took the reins. I had sent her a whole demo with, as if it were a full band song and was just like, here are the parts you can t- delete, do whatever you want with whatever. And then here are the parts where I want 
you to play real drums on. And we met a couple times, worked it out, and it just came out. I yeah, I teared up the first time she sent me that, like some of that. So it's so cool. It's awesome. Like when you when you come in at the end, like the contrast from the other half of the song, it just hits so hard. I, I love it. <laughs> um, are like the augmented vocals on that, like at the beginning and then midway. I know it's like really deep at the beginning and then kind of higher. Is that you? Is that is that Faye? Who's what's going on there? Some of them are me, some of them are Faye. And then there are some where it's both of us. And when it's both of us, it's usually I'm the low one and she's the like boosted, like um really high, like high pitched one. Yeah. Um, and then the part at the end, like that, um, that's actually her when she was that was part of like the demo, and then we kept it in the song. Um, where like everything drops out and she just kind of like sings for a bit, which is that's like my one of my favorite parts in the album. And uh it was yeah, an accident, which almost is always the case naturally goes <laughs> as it naturally goes <laughs> um the the last riff on the album kind of completes the circle of um the intro song yes yes okay i was hoping that someone I, you of all people would notice that i hope people notice that but if they don't that's okay yeah it, it's just it's just very nice everything cuts out and it comes back and yeah obviously meant to do that <laughs> well, yeah I'm no yeah, oh, I'm so happy that you noticed that. I there's this there's that fear where like you put so much thought and effort into something and you're like, there's a good chance no one notices this. Or like, <laughs> gee, and it's okay. I mean, it doesn't matter. I know I like it. Um, but it's funny because sometimes you especially because sometimes you do things as like a little like fun for the listener. You want to make it like fun and you hope that someone has the fun with it. So so you've already, it hasn't even, the album's not even out yet. And I've already <laughs> succeeded. Thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Like you mentioned before doing callbacks to other songs. It's very rewarding as a listener when you pick up on things. Cause you feel like you're getting a little extra perk, which is, is always nice. Wink. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I hope, I hope that that happens. The more people, there are a lot of like repeating things parallel things on this one and then a few different references back to be gentle which is cool now so this is a, kind of like a little bit of a random question but with the release coming out soon i just wanted to like kind of i never asked an artist this question before but i figured you'd be a great person to ask like what are your thoughts on like physical media versus like streaming for music like do you prefer one over the other are you okay with both can you not stand streaming like what are your thoughts that's a really good question um I, because of the level at which my music has been out, um, I'm the type of artist that benefits greatly from streaming uh, because we don't have a large following. Like we have, you know, the very local following that is my friends basically <laughs> and people who, you know, so um, the exposure that comes with being on, streaming services has been extremely helpful for us um however i do think that it's it's a artist to artist question do you know what i mean i think a lot of artists don't benefit i mean i'd say i'd say in some cases and we found this to be true spotify benefits from other from art some artists you know yeah. what i'm saying and, yeah. and i think that's the case i i feel the opposite I, I i feel like me specifically i benefit we benefit from being on these streaming services because it's it's not for money for us it's for exposure and um 
but I see, I see both sides really clearly. And I understand um, how even a small shift in our level of uh, in, in a band's level, not ours in a band's level of popularity could shift that relationship and make it one-sided. If right. that makes sense. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, so th that's my current feeling. Like, for example, we are not going to just financially, we're not going to print this one physical. We're not going physical at all on this one. That's just my vinyl, vinyl on, question. <laughs> we have, we had vinyl on uh, for Be Gentle and we will have those. We still have some, some copies of those that we'll be selling. Um, but due to mainly due to the fact that we were unable to tour or play any shows about Be Gentle uh, or play any shows on the release of Be Gentle, um, we didn't really get rid of as many vinyl as quickly as we were hoping to. And so that money was going to just go back to the vinyl for this one. And we were like, all right, we're just going to hold off for now. It's like <clears> a vinyl shortage. That's also right? true. Yeah, yeah. We also, yeah. And we, right when I got the masters back, we just decided dates for the album release. Cause we're not really constr constricted in any way. And we could, there's no shot. We could have had final ready for the release show. So it's also kind of part of it. If it does get get pressed, out, let us know because like this is like a what would be a perfect vinyl release. Like this is when you want to put your headphones on and let it spin, and flip back over and put it back on again. Yeah, <laughs> eventually. I hope. I hope so. I I hope we do. Yeah, that wasn't supposed to be forever. It was more so for the next few months. Um, we're we're gonna hold off. Um, yeah. in the in the vein of streaming, me and Brett were talking about it last week. Um, Brett likes to not really listen to singles until the whole album is out i and, I, I heard this <laughs> <laughs> and i think i think he's i think there's you know obviously pros and cons to both but um as an artist yourself um, how do you go about one choosing the singles and then two choosing how many like when when is enough gonna be enough to use your own words <laughs> yeah oh my god um i don't ever want to do singles i don't write wow. singles i don't write with the intention of a song being more catchy or poppier <laughs> i have no attachment to that at all um i just do it purely for the fact that like maybe someone who wouldn't listen to it if the whole album dropped would be like oh there's one song out let me see it and if it's and and if it's good and they like it then they'll be excited and come to the album i think i mean I would say that's the most classic response of all time. However, that is the truth. It's purely for promo. I have no, um, I never feel like I benefit or the listener benefits from a, my music specifically being released before the pre-album, um, especially because the last two albums are such album albums. Like they're so intertwined. Mm -hmm. Songs rely on each other. Songs reference each other. Like it's all, it's, 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 it's one thing. And um so yeah, I don't know. That's a that's a, that's a difficult question. I have no. I think some bands write singles though, like, yeah. and, and the label not even necessarily on purpose. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's true. And then some 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 not some not even on purpose. Like sometimes you just listen to a song and you're like, oh, that's so catchy. But I don't feel that I do that. Like no, I don't. I never feel like I have a standout song. And that doesn't mean they're all bad. I just feel like they're all on a similar level in terms of likability and uh, and anything. I don't specifically try to write a chorus or anything if we have a chorus that just kind of happened um and so yeah it's it's tricky it's tricky it's definitely band to band though for sure again i uh, that's terrible i'm just going to default yeah. to that every time no i mean it it's the truth though it definitely makes sense uh, you reminded me of another question i had talking about song structure um <laughs> your songs are so interesting to me because they don't necessarily fit the verse chorus verse bridge 
chorus mold, but those parts are there, but I don't find myself like, I feel as if there will just be a whole new part to the song come in towards the end that I wasn't expecting or like, is it difficult to write songs that way? Or is it easier almost because you're not relying on a pattern? It's easier. It's, it's my, for me, it's so much easier. It's just like this part ends and what, what, what happens? Like, what, what do I feel? And when I started actually writing as I start, as I was demoing, which I had started doing um, for Be Gentle. So I'm keep referring to that because these two are so intertwined to me. Um, when I started writing, demoing and writing at the same time, I would write a part a lot of times and then I would just have that part playing and have it recording and then just have the guitar and the microphone in front of me and then just play the next part, whatever felt right. And so that would be, sometimes the next part could be really new and really exciting, or sometimes it would just go right back to the part before it. Um, it, it, it would completely defer on what, how I felt moving forward. Just what would, what feels cool here? What feels exciting here? Um, what was going to keep me listening? It's not even about writing something at this point. It's not even to me about writing something like what, make sense here at all it's just about like what is exciting what feels cool to me um even if it's jarring to even me or the the listener it's just what's exciting what feels cool because i when i listen to an album and i get surprised by a part i'm oh i smile oh every time and i'm not necessarily trying to manufacture that in in it but i think i smile because that's how i feel too like when i'm writing I just want to, I just want to do what feels cool next. Yeah. Or what, what, yeah. Or what, where the lyrics are going sometimes too. Sometimes they take it into a place. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I love when it's, I love the, the randomness, the spontaneity. Um, I shouldn't say random because that almost um, makes it sound like I'm not seemingly. giving you credit. Yeah. 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 No, seemingly uh, random. Seemingly yeah, yeah, random. There. <laughs> so you have the saint coming up in June, you said? Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And then the album's out April 15th. That's Friday. Okay. The, Friday tomorrow, yeah. if, if people are listening the day this comes out, <laughs> I hope they are. <laughs> oh, nice. This is going to come out this Thursday? Yeah. Oh, this is, this is perfect. Okay, great. Yeah, calculated. Yeah, so tomorrow. <laughs> you planned it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> um brett did you have anything else um i think i i I asked all my questions Uh, i think i asked all of mine too but uh are there any i know you said like you're gonna hold off on touring for a little bit but is that for you'd say through you said that was for the rest of the year or is there a chance like something could happen in the fall or maybe like december december maybe early january of 2023 yeah it would be it would be late later okay um yeah i'll be i'm not going to be around for four months right after the release show so it would be it'll be after that okay yeah great we're looking forward to that (laughs) yeah 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 thank you so much for for doing this thank you so much again nick for always being uh supportive and kind and generous with your time um you you too really appreciate Uh, that thank you Um, thank you for it's nice meeting you and uh keep making awesome music like i mean like nick got me hooked immediately so (laughs) Thank you. That's that is very kind. I mean, I hope you you keep doing this. I 
I've been listening as well, which is exciting. It's funny when you referenced that you had been talking about something and I was like, yeah, I know I was, I was there. <laughs> well, I wasn't there, but. Um, but an ongoing debate between the two of us. <laughs> the, the, the single debate. Oh, that actually brought up something so f- I couldn't believe that you, sorry, this is my last thing. I couldn't okay. believe that you had said this. Nick had said something. So you were talking about how um, sometimes a single is just so incongruous with i don't know if i pronounced that word correctly with the album it's just like a sing. it's just a single single and i always have one that comes to my mind that i think the band didn't really compromise anything to to write this it kind of just feels like a really good song for this band and it came on and then nick said it and then as as it's flowed on as he was like i feel like it's close but like not and i was like that's mine for some reason i always think like hmm if i wrote a float on I would be happy because it's it, it it was so funny that you had specifically brought up that song because that to me that is like the ultimate fruition of like how do you it, it's so modest mouse yes it is so catchy and they are so out there so it is kind of weird to to hear that but also it is such a it is a weird song like it's weird that it is so catchy and good and so that was so funny to listen so I just want to express <laughs> my my fandom back oh, <laughs> like imagine. <laughs> Imagine buying that album, like just knowing just flow down, and then you hear our song like dance hall. Like you have to, you must yeah. be just like so thrown off by a modest mask. on that album too. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a um, that is a good one. They're, they're great. I, they're touring. I don't know if we missed it. Um, there's too many tours. I'm gonna go broke. Oh, the weekend. <laughs> the weekend before our show. I don't think it's sold out yet. The weekend before our show, they're playing the the summer. That was it. That's yeah. so funny. Oh. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going. I'm going. So you got to let me know. All right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, Brian, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, We really appreciate it. And I hope everyone listens to Naturally Goes because it rocks. It's a great album. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much. This is very nice. This was awesome. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Brian. That was awesome. That was so much fun. Um, the album's out tomorrow, Friday. Um, definitely listen to it. Yeah, Spotify's got got you. So just um, go there. Or, I don't know. I don't know where Apple else music, you can listen to you... music. <laughs> Will it be on SoundCloud still? <laughs> Maybe he'll just unlock it. Yeah, we had that early. No big deal. No big deal. You know, just perks of the pod. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we want to get into. Um, a very special album that we tried to talk about a week or two ago and then we just went off on a tangent and never actually talked about the album but um tell all your friends taking back sunday's debut album is turning 20 it might have turned 20 already but they're doing a a whole special release um they're gonna have some b-sides some demos put it out on vinyl it's gonna be great um I'm probably going to buy it. Uh, <laughs> spend so much money on shit. But no, it'd be a great record to own because as we're going to get into, it's a phenomenal record. Um, every single song is so good. I've listened to this record all day because I knew we were going to be talking about it. And it still holds up. It is just awesome. Listening to it at my work computer was so difficult because it's an album you just want to scream at the top of your lungs. So then I played it on my drive home at lunch and I sang so loud. People at the red lights were probably like, what is this weirdo doing? Um, I love, love, love this album. Um, 
John Nolan's backing vocals with with Adam. The call and response, like did they invent call and response? As far as I'm concerned, they did. Um, In my books, they did. Yeah, yeah. No one was doing call. I've been blinks, but we'll so. just ignore that. <laughs> or it's probably way before blink too. <laughs> oh, true. This album was 2002, March 26th. So, yeah, Blink was already had like pathetic and. But this, this kind of call and response is. Bl- it's Blink different. is yeah. It just hits different. It's um, they're singing over each other, but it's like I love when bands sing over each other but then the end of both sentences line up again i just think it's like the coolest thing ever and taking back sunday is so good at that um the sound just it starts off it just comes in hot and every line is memorable you know how i do starts off with so sick so sick of being tired um so tired guitar of being sick. the drums kick in uh it's so good. It's so good. So obviously desperate. So desperately obvious. Uh, I love it. I could I could go through every single song. I kind of want to, but we can we'll do an overview. <laughs> so we could just the talk listeners to... won't stand for. <laughs> <laughs> no, they want to hate us so bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you believe Cute Without the Eight and Your Soul Last Summer are on the same album on a band's debut album? These are iconic songs we talked about it with mike h last week from grand theft audio like you see a cover band you're you might be getting both of those you're a hundred percent getting one of them to to just start off like that they were 22 they were 22 years old when they wrote this album it just it blows my mind and it's it's so good um i just love it brett what's your what's your favorite song on this album I don't know that I could pick one. Like, I feel like it depends on like the time I'm listening to it because like, like I know we, we've said this about like some, like several albums so far, but this is literally one you put on track one and it plays until the final notes of Headspace. It's that good. You can't have this album without any of the tracks. You need them all. They all have incredibly catchy choruses. And the thing that blew me away was like, it sounds so good 20 years later. Like, I have no doubt there's like hopefully someone's finest record and thinks the same thing. And it's not just like the powerful drug of nostalgia that makes me think no. it sounds this incredible 20 years later. No, this, I think this, I mean, nostalgia doesn't hurt, but this album, I think you could play this for, uh, I don't know, 16 to young 20 year old who never heard of taking back Sunday and it would resonate like, or I'd be shocked if it didn't, but um, yeah, it, it holds up. Nostalgia is nice, but this is just a good good album when i was when i was listening to every song i was trying to think which one was my favorite and the amount of times i went this one is definitely my favorite and then the next song i would say wait no it's this one <laughs> like, that's pretty much me like i love ghost man on third it's so good the screams in it are just so like raw and just like it's not even like good screams but that's what makes them good because you can just like feel the emotion coming through and they're going back and forth but then Timberwolves at New Jersey follows it up, which is might be my favorite song. <laughs> like that was my favorite for a long time. It's it's ah uh, um I just love it. I love singing along with this album. I try to sing both vocal parts because I can't decide which part I'd rather sing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's everyone who listens to this album. Yeah. And I feel like I'm still learning some of the background vocals because sometimes it's 
it's one of those ones where when you're just like yelling the words in your car, it almost doesn't even matter what you're saying because it's just like the it feeling works. is there. Yeah. It's, but, um, I feel like I find like new favorite parts of like songs too. Like I remember like for, for some reason, the longest time I couldn't remember like the final notes of like headspace head club, like the scream or did I say wrong head club head club. I don't know yeah. why I keep going to headspace. Cause you can't Sorry, remember the no, final I'm... words of it. <laughs> That's why. <I> can't. <laughs> <laughs> what are the, um, is, oh, that's that don't you, call my name. Don't call my name at your window. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah. I'm sick of writing every song about you. Yeah, there we oh, go. God, <laughs> genius. And then it goes right into the screaming part. Yep. Yeah. Uh, is Headspace this, a different song? Why did I call it Headspace? <laughs> I, I think that's an app for meditation. That <laughs> is a meditation be... app. I don't. I don't have it, but I don't know why. <laughs> this album. Not is, there's anything wrong with that. It's therapeutic. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say it's meditative. <laughs> You're definitely not putting this album on the meditate, but you're definitely going to work out some issues screaming to this album for 33 minutes and 54 seconds. <laughs> um, then you have the There's No I in Team with the brand new beef where he's singing uh, the lyrics to 70 by 7. It's like their response to that one because they were friends and someone slept with someone's sister. They're all from... Um, we still don't it, know the story. Is it Long Island? I think they're all from. Long Island, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, there was like crossover. They toured together and then there was this big falling out and they were just such two dramatic, emotional dudes that obviously two songs had to come of it. But um, Broken yeah, Down we, in Bars and Bathrooms. Oh, man. It's such a good chorus. <laughs> and then the breakdown when they're singing the brand. He's he's yelling the lyrics to the brand new song. He's like, is this what you call tact? You're as subtle as a brick and all that. Um, he's like screaming that as he's like, have another drink and drive yourself home. Wait, that's still the brand new lyrics. That's what he's screaming. And then um, uh, I forget what they're yelling over it. I have to, I have to like, listen. Um, but it's just so good when you can get into like little extra drama and stuff. And like, uh, it adds to the mythology of it. Yeah. Cause that one also starts off with, I've got a $20 bill, which is mixtape by brand new. Like, he's throwing shots <laughs> it's, i love it it's very clever i love it and you know say what you want about the bands but one of them is still playing and one of them isn't so we'll leave it at that <laughs> that brings up a question i wanted to save for the podcast for you that i had all right <laughs> lay it on me <laughs> this this thought popped in my head like you know like when you have your cup of coffee in the morning and you hit that like the peak caffeine rush that's when this thought came to me might be but, my favorite part of the day yeah <laughs> so do you think Taking Back Sunday gets the same treatment as Weezer? Like where people like are so obsessed with their first two records that the rest kind of doesn't get its due? Or do you think that's just a Weezer thing and it's not like people still like other Taking Back Sunday albums? Um, well, personally, I think that their earlier work is their best. And I don't mean to say that as like, a pretentious thing because you know their earlier work is what's good blah blah blah. but i i just think that's like a fact so maybe it's pretentious i don't really care their their first two albums up to like new again um is what i really liked and then they kind of in my mind they just started doing a lot of the same like i listened to the album and i'd i'd enjoy it but 
you know, it could be a little bit of a, a Weezer syndrome, if you want to call it that, because they're not going to top their early albums. I mean, I'd, I'd love for them to do it. And I don't think that means they shouldn't make music at all. But if I'm going to listen to a Taking Back Sunday album on repeat, I don't think it's going to be a new one because I can get everything I want from their earlier ones. Like if I want the like raw, emo, angsty yelling, you have tell all your friends and where you want to be. And then if you want like the poppier stuff, like Louder Now is like standalone, like even without their first two albums, Louder Now is amazing. Like what's it feel like to be a ghost, liar, make damn sure, um, uh, spin, um, my blue heaven, like 2020 surgery. Um, it's a great album. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, um, I think the success of their early stuff might've hurt them a little bit, but I also think it's keeping them alive and it's keeping people interested. So I think it's a little bit of give and take. Um, a great answer. If I'm seeing taking back Sunday live, I'm patiently waiting for anything off the first four albums and then anything else I'm standing there kind of bothering my head listening, but the love's not there. Yeah. There are some good songs from those later albums. Like when Nolan came back to the band, like the self-titled album. Um, Like it was uh, like, yeah. With places to be a mom was a great song. El Paso. Oh yeah. I forgot about this album. This is all now. Huh? Yeah. This was a pretty good album. I, I forgot it existed. Money. Yeah, this was like, I think we were like sophomore in the summer of college. I remember I was, I would deliver for my uncle's deli, and this album would get a lot of play because it must have just came out. It was like the reunion album, too, in a way. Oh, yeah, because that's when, yeah, like you said, the whole band reformed because John Nolan was on. I think he was just on the first one and he left and then Fred joined and Fred's vocals are awesome. Like it's, it's, you could make a real argument for either one who was, who was the best or who like, got a bed. <laughs> oh my God. When does that album turn 20? Probably not far off. <laughs> Two more years. I think uh, 2004. Well, I think. Yeah, yeah, I just pulled it up. Uh, yeah, 2004. So I hope they do the same thing. I don't own either of those on vinyl. So I own Happiness Is, which I went to a record signing that they did. I don't even like like that album that much, to be honest. But yeah, it was like okay from what I remember. But like you said, like nothing hits like these first four. Although I feel like I don't remember New Again that much. Uh. New again, I listened to a decent amount. It had um it has this one song. Um, you know, the song, sink it's song. called the, the, the uh, sink in. Lonely, Lonely, Sink Into Me, New Again. Um, Summer Sink Man. Into Me is the one. Summer Man has a great line where it's like, the summer is over, and I guess I'll be seeing you around, or something like that. Um, I like singing that one. Um swing. I'll be listening to this one tomorrow, probably. Cut me up, Jenny. Um, this is a good album. Listen, yeah, listen to it. This is that was like to me the last like real i don't want real doesn't make sense but the last like when i think of taking back sunday i think of up to that album and then after that they kind of entered this second phase of trying to be a little more mature with their music and i didn't like it as much but 
and Fred's on new again, or was this when they didn't have like any secondary um, singer? I'm pretty sure Fred's on new again, but I'd have to fact check it. Um, I'm honestly not sure. I think he is, but I remember when Fred played with Say Anything, we're like, wait, is that Fred on stage? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to talk to him after that. I like saw him outside. I, I asked him, um, oh, what song was it? Say Anything has one song that's like really hard to play. I'm like, how was it learning that one? And he told me he tuned his guitar to like this weird tuning to make it easier. I wish I could remember the song, but yeah, that was fun. He has a band, um, The Color Fred. I think they actually still do stuff, but they really just had like one hit, I think. And then he started playing with Say Anything or touring with them, at least. Yeah, I think he just toured with them for a little. I don't know what he's up to now. Let's reach out. Let's get him on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> and Say Anything's another good topic for another day. Oh, or a yeah. certain segment we haven't debuted yet. Yes. But they're still a band, right? I don't remember. I don't actually. think so. Oh, they did that acoustic album now. and then... Yeah, because they haven't toured in a while. I guess they did call it quits, but I could I don't think they're done. Maybe making new music, but I think they'll definitely tour again. But who knows? What do I know? Um I just hope so, because they're a great band. I wonder if they're still good, because I feel like we haven't seen them in like eight years now. Since yeah. that front bottom store. Yeah, and that was a, a big case of um the younger guys were way faster and cooler. And then granted it's a hometown show for front bottoms and they have a huge following, but it was almost like when say anything came on, the crowd was almost disappointed and everyone still knew all the say anything songs and had fun. Don't, don't get me wrong, but everyone you could was tired. Tell, like, yeah, they wanted, they wanted Brian to come back out. And then he came back out for that song that he's featured on. And it was like, the energy level just got cranked up and then he left and it just went back right down. Back down. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that was the last time we saw them. Um, he did that acoustic tour, but I don't, I don't think I went on it. No, I didn't either. Um, we I'm have a voice. Taking back Sunday to say anything. Though. Yeah. That was, what's that game that people play? Oh, thanks to Fred. Um, the, the Kevin Bacon game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we should do that with with artists. We just have to pick. Uh, we could just do it with Travis Barker. <laughs> That'd be so easy. Um, like two turns. <laughs> yeah, just pick like an artist and then try and like see who can get to him. <laughs> just do Tom. Have <laughs> seven degrees of Tom DeLong. <laughs> say any, say anything. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> they toured with Fred, who toured with Taking Back Sunday, Ooh, who toured with that's a good way to do it. Boom. The um, toured with game. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Um, so we have a great voicemail this week. And I'm excited for it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna fire it up because I wanna I wanna talk about it. Um it got me thinking and well let me play it and then we can talk so here we go it's our friend blake hey what's going on nick and brett big fan of the podcast here you guys are doing great uh, i got a two-part question for you 
So as someone who's into a bit more of the heavier, maybe metalcore scene, I'm wondering what's the heaviest band that you guys are into? Uh, and related to that, who do you think has the best screams out there? All right, looking forward to the answer. Keep on killing it. Thanks, Blake. Oh, I love Good it. Good old Blake. Blake coming through with a two-parter, getting his money's worth. <laughs> it's a free podcast, by the way, so everyone's aware. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free to Venmo us. No Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> this this Zoom subscription is just eating away at the wallet. <laughs> <laughs> um, heaviest band that you're into? Favorite screamer? Um. I have a, a lot of thoughts. Um, I have a couple screamers written down. Yeah. Um, I want to start with just one of my favorite screamers. Um, so it's it's a tough question because there's screamers and then there's like people who sing scream the whole time. It might not necessarily be a scream. Um, so there's a whole like um, spectrum of of screaming and yelling. And I like it all, but... There's one album in particular, um, His Last Walk. It's Bless the Fall's first album. And it was one of the first like screamo albums I, I ever heard. And I love this album. I still listen to it very regularly. And the, the vocalist is Craig Mabbitt. And he was only on that first album. And it was so heavy. And it was awesome. And it just kind of lives as its own thing. Because the band got someone else after and that was that. Or is it? So I went to Wikipedia because I wanted to do some digging. And I realized Craig Mabbitt is in Escape the Fate now, which I did not know. Um, but he does he's in a different band now. He's in Escape the Fate, but he's like he d- Dead Dead Rabbit or something. Brett, please let me sorry. say my story. I'm, I'm jumping the gun. I'm sorry. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm listening to Escape the Fate and I'm fast forwarding to like breakdowns, trying to capture that scream from that first Bless the Fall album. And it's just not quite there. Escape the Fate's a little more like hair metal or just like kind of that other side. Not that they don't get heavy at times, but it's not that. So I then came across this band, (laughs) spoiler alert, The Dead Rabbits. And sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay. And this is why. I absolutely love doing this podcast because it set me on this whole thing and the dead rabbits. Oh boy. He's screaming in every song and it's awesome. And I've been listening to them nonstop all week since discovering this. So Craig Mabbitt to my list now. Yeah. They it's awesome. Um, Craig Mabbitt's got to be full on screams. Yeah. It's, it's heavy and it's great. And I didn't know it existed until this week. So thank you, Blake, for sending me on that rabbit hole. Um, down that rabbit hole. Um, yeah. Pun intended. Oh, how did I miss that? <laughs> the dead rabbit hole. <laughs> ah. <laughs> thank you, Brett. Um, so, yeah. So I'll say um, one of my favorite screamers, because this is there's more to it, but we can discuss. Um, but one of my favorite screamers is definitely Craig Mabbitt and the dead rabbits. Um, all right, Brett, I'll, I'll answer heaviest next and we'll get around to all of it, but I'll, 
you can you can take it from here or i'll just keep talking <laughs> so we're doing favorites first uh how about what's let's answer his first question what's the heaviest band you listen to that you're a fan of so uh i'm sure there's a bunch but what are there some are. of your yeah it's definitely gotten a little lighter as the years have gone on like if you asked me like my freshman year of college you would have named like 50 like metalcore bands i was into and i kind of shifted away from some but some i still go back to all the time like right now it's still i still enjoy august burns red i think jake lurs screams like no other so i think they're probably the heaviest i go right now along with parkway drive like i still go to parkway drive and also early bring me the horizon like if you listen to them now you'll never guess what they sounded like when they first started out like you couldn't understand a word he was saying it was just all screaming oh and it wow. was extremely heavy like now obviously like he sings now which like he didn't used to do but i think that just shows like you can't scream like that forever yeah you can ask Bert mccracken to use that because <laughs> he can't even scream anymore from screaming so much like his guitarist has to do it for him now but yeah. not bashing him it's just that's what happens when yep. you don't stop I think that same but, thing happened with the uh, bullet for my Valentine, which is definitely one of my other favorite screamers. Yeah. He doesn't um, scream anymore either. Right? I think his guitarist or his bass player does it now, or I don't know if he's back. I know he had issues, but they, they have a song out right now called like Omen or Ominous or something, something like that. And it's super heavy. Um, he had some really cool. screaming back in those early bullet albums. Yeah. Yeah. Like her voice resides and, um beginning of tears don't fall just that great like let's go yeah um he's definitely one of my favorite screamers as well um i don't listen to a ton of august burns red i just know they have that awesome carol of the bells version during christmas time (laughs) they have some pretty heavy good christmas music there's no singing it's just them they're like because each one of them are like excellent musicians like that's why i still listen to them like everyone's great at what they do the drummer is incredible like blanking on his name the two guitars are incredible. Even the bass player has like some heavy riffs and is awesome too. So I think that's why I've never like really put them on the back burner. They've all like I've, every time they put a new album out, I'm listening to it the day of. Yeah, I got to get into them. Oh, true. True. That's where I went for a lot of this. I pulled up one of the gym playlists. I'm like, what heavy bands do I do I listen to? Um, I think Wage War might be one of the heaviest bands I listen to right now um very heavy i mean how did i forget uh, them yeah are they on victory records no um maybe i forget what the the heavy record label is drawn wasn't that you me and blake found them by accident yeah when we were at warp tour (laughs) we stumbled upon their set and they blew me away i was like oh this is what a data member could have done if they decided not to kind of go a little poppy which i'm not knocking data member that's their sound but it's like if a day to remember just decided we're going to just cut out all the singing. I feel like that's what that's what wage war is. And um, there's some singing, though. Their guitarist has that really good clean vocals, has those yeah. really good clean vocals. Um, fearless records, not victory. I was thinking of taking back Sunday still um, fearless records. But um, and a day to remember. Yes. Well, old day to remember. Yeah. They sued victory. So did they sue victory? I didn't know that. I suppose like the owner is an asshole and like uh, takes all the royalties from the bands. So that's, that's why everyone leaves. I'm going to have them with like Silverstein too, I think. 
speaking of heavy bands they're another one i think they're, they're like, my next yeah. i was gonna say they're sneaky heavy but i don't know that they are maybe just because their early albums weren't as much but they're just heavy i don't know they're they're heavy um like dead reflections and uh um uh what is it retrograde oh my god yep he can still scream when he wants to Oh yeah. I am having serious FOMO not seeing them on the store with Beartooth right now. Another great heavy Beartooth band. Beartooth is another good one. Um, but they, none of their stops. They were in like Albany and Trenton. Um, like uh, just play Webster or Starland. But I don't know. They just did. So it might be like um, uh, zoning things. I don't know how it works. But yeah, I'm sad I'm not seeing them on the store. But they'll come back. They'll be back um, around. Yeah, the album coming out in May, so they have to do a headlining tour, I think. Wow, they're they churn out music, those guys, and it's all good. Um, yeah, they yeah, don't I'd, miss. I'd say they're my favorite heavy band I listen to. Like, like I said, Wage War, who's definitely probably, definitely probably the heaviest that I listen to, but I don't listen to them as religiously as I listen to Silverstein. So I think they probably yeah, they're get up there it. for me too. Yeah, honorable mention to a day to remember. But they uh when they want to be heavy. Yeah. And when they want to be heavy, they're heavy. So that's what makes them so good. They're, when they're heavy, it really means something because you can get a a nice gentle singing pop punk song and then you can go into like an end of the world breakdown within five minutes. They're a special they love band. their breakdowns. Yeah. Yeah. But they're all good. Yes. Um favorite screamers so i think me and you might have the same answer do do you have someone in mind i think favorite screamer can only be one person i don't think you have mine i was gonna say chester oh wow yeah i didn't have him on mine it it's gotta be chester He's got, he's got to be maybe the first person I ever heard scream. That's bad. How did I not think of him? (laughs) Could I guess? Cause like, cause I mean, I know Lincoln Park's not really a band anymore and I haven't really listened to them in a while, I guess, but now, yeah, there's no doubt it's Chester. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm just thinking of their, their live in Texas album. Because that's when I mean Lincoln Park's heavy enough, but when you listen to the live in Texas, you you really get it. Um, like the bridge and faint. Oh my god. Um, all of Hybrid Theory. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I'm trying to pick one song right now. Like, no, they're just all they're all so good. Which one is? Does he yell "Shut up" when I'm talking to you? Um, one step closer, maybe. One step Crawl, closer. Crawling. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, place for my head is a good one. His range is unreal. The way he goes he from those like, like yeah, those gentle singing vocals to just letting loose with the screams. Um, yeah, RIP. I'm so bummed. I'll never get to see him live either. Dude, I saw them at Bamboozle one year back when it was the Giant Stadium ones, and it was right when Lincoln Park um, got back together, and we got to the stage real early we were like 15 20 rows back it was unreal and then we were like i don't know 
14, 15, 13. Like it, we were young and um, my friend's parents got there and they they called him and they're like, we got to go because we want to beat the traffic. And I'm halfway through Lincoln Park set, like, I don't know, 30, 40 yards from the stage. And my friend's like dragging me out and I'm throwing a temper tantrum. Literally, I cried in the car. I was so angry. And I still think I have a right to be because you do. We spent the whole day, the whole weekend at this festival. You see your favorite band who you thought was broken up, come back together in like their prime. And you're going to make me leave early. So sit in traffic. I'm listening to in the end with my back turned to the stage, walking to the parking lot. Oh my God. Oh, I should have just stayed. I mean, like I'll get home some, some other way, but um, that's like what happened to me on like the last warp tour. Like, I got sucked into a ride home before Blink went on. So I missed them play like all of Venema in full. I mean, granted, it wasn't like real Blink, but like it was the final war nah, floor was... and that's how they were closing it. And I missed every second of their set. Uh... And then like when I saw like, like Mark got sick, I'm like, so help me God. I texted <laughs> my friend, I'm like, if he dies, I will never forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's rough. I... I think we we stayed till the end. Did they open with Anima or close with Anima? Oh, I guess I think they opened with this. You don't. And they did like a greatest hits. <laughs> I looked it up because I was like bitter. Yeah, yeah. We we Same should thing do, to be uh, traffic. We no, should do. There's our biggest, no traffic uh, leaving Atlantic City, but yeah, right. Or no more or less traffic than you're gonna hit just trying to get no. out of a parking garage for fifty minutes. Um, we should do our biggest concert regrets one episode. Which will be we heartbreaking. Just, we just name them the. But we should we should get drunk while we do it because I have some that keep me up at night if I really, really let myself think about. Them. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is a happy episode, even though we're talking about Chester right now. But um, I'm yeah. mad at myself for not putting him on here. Damn, uh, I was so sure you'd have him, but but we were thinking like because I started just like in the vein of like that um, metalcore scene, which I guess Lincoln Park could be in new metal what they're almost their own thing but um yeah they're not like the traditional heavy band that you think of currently right but but yeah straight up screams chester all the way honorable mention the bullet for my valentine silverstein stuff like that i almost thought like taking back sunday just because i was listening to them all day like they do scream they <laughs> it's do. a different kind of scream but it really, it really got me thinking the direction of screams, the screaming spectrum. I'll make a chart. <laughs> I'll put it on Instagram. <laughs> That'd be a great infographic to have. Yeah. The whiny screams to like the growling, like yep. Opeth, like metal, like real <laughs> metal screams. Then you put Slipknot somewhere kind of like on the, on the right. Somewhere and, in the middle. Yeah. Cause I don't know that, I mean, I might be way out of line here, but I don't know that he screams or if it's more just like that, like growling, chugging vocals. I don't, I don't listen to enough Slipknot. Like on the early albums, he screamed. Scream more. A little less now, but. He, he's another one who can do the singing and, and heavy sides very well. Yeah. Corey Taylor's the man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think my honorable mention is, I know it's not metalcore, but it's got to be Dave Grohl. Great screams. Nothing hits like one of his like, tribal screams yeah i think about like monkey wrench screen like there's the in your honor screen 
him live doing because you know you're always getting like at least five to ten Dave Roll like <laughs> at the top of his lungs shouts yeah, to the people in the back in at in City the, Field. Independent <laughs> of any song, he'll just walk yep. out on stage. Like, what the fuck is up? <laughs> um, yeah, that's different true. kind of scream, but yes. I, I still give him an eyeball mention. Because I, I had I had Tim from Rise Against on my list because he I feel like it's a similar scream almost to to Dave where it's that like emphasis rock and roll kind of scream more than more than like the focal point of the song although they have some screaming songs but um like drones yeah like that kind and, of scream or like uh um save the union yeah thank you <laughs> i was getting there <laughs> my brain's not working today um who else do i have on my list um atreyu some 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 good screams um and then you ever hear of well you know alisana right um, they're mm-hmm. like that he had high pitched screams he was another one that was one of the earlier bands that i heard scream and at first you're like this cannot be considered good and then you listen to it for a couple days and it is it is so good and he another one has a very high singing voice and then he lets out these like very high screams not whiny though um here's some deep ones too yeah I should check up on them because I think they're still making music. Um, I'm not sure. They did one of those like back-to-back album story things, kind of like Coheed likes to do, where they just tell like a real long, a real long story. Um, yeah, that's that's most uh most of my screamers. But thank you, Blake, for the question because you got me listening awesome to heavy question. stuff again all week. Especially we're listening to the Grin and Bear album non-stop which is not a screaming album um so it was nice contrast to have to have like the lighter stuff <clears throat> and then um the heavy stuff depending on my mood i love it the yin and the yang that's right the balance the balance that balance. we need to fill our ears with all day long when you're in the office and you want to just scream along taking back sunday and you can't so you type in all caps lyrics to your coworker. <laughs> <laughs> Just I got a bad. Yep. <laughs> this is what living like this does. <laughs> uh, that's such a good album. I'm gonna definitely get that vinyl. It's gonna be good. I think I have like the one with just like the straight ten songs, but I don't know if I might have to like bend and get the bonus <laughs> one, the anniversary one. I'm hoping my record store gets it that I can just buy it because it's easier to see an album in person and buy it when you're just ordering it online. It uh, it's less exciting. I like to just be flipping through and then you see an album cover that you recognize, and it's just you snag it up. <laughs> yeah, it's so exciting. <laughs> like uh, I didn't want to spend fifty bucks today, but <laughs> but oh well. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to. I have no choice. Literally no choice. <laughs> Each led me to this album. Yep. Um, um, so what do we have next week? Um, do you have anything on the radar? Because I'm honestly not too sure. I think it's a quiet week. All right. But let me double check. Yeah. Well, uh, like, give me some time to catch up on past releases I haven't listened to yet. Yeah. 
Um, we'll come. We got Prince Daddy and the Hyena. If you listen to them, I never heard of them, but they're, it's a pretty, pretty great good. name. <laughs> Prince Daddy and the Hyena. All right, cool. I guess I'll have to listen um, to that uh, Drug Church album. Oh yeah, that was and, great too. Another band I never heard of that someone, my coworker, told me about. Which you and heard? Hot Water of music going out too. I think. All right, we got some stuff. We got some we'll stuff. Come up with some up fun stuff. topics. Um, yeah, don't worry. We'll have plenty of music talk next week. Interview TBD. Yes. TBD. I'm not familiar with their work. I see them <laughs> on every festival lineup, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. That's our show. Um, we'll see everyone next week. Um, thank you for listening. We love you. Love you, Nick. Love our listeners. Until next week. Love you too, Brett. Bye.